0: All right, good morning again. I want to welcome you all here to Bethany today, as well as those who are joining us online. Wherever you are, we're glad to have you with us as we worship. Hear now the reading from Matthew chapter 11, which speaks of gentleness. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise." and understanding, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light i really appreciate those words here in matthew chapter 11 and jesus says to us take my yoke upon you for i am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. As we consider this topic of gentleness, and what it means to be gentle, I do wonder if this is the hardest part for us, to be willing to take a break, to be willing to find rest in Jesus To make space in our lives to embrace what it means to be gentle. Because if you're like me, we've all got our list of things that we have to do each day. Around our house with our three kids, uh, there's an unending list of chores and food that needs to be made. Projects around the house. And sometimes I feel guilty and I'm reminded of this verse because I realize that in some of those moments... For our young kids, what they need the most is not for me to be doing all that stuff. All the jobs, preparations, chores, projects, those are all good things. But sometimes what my kids need the most from me is just to slow down. To sit with them, to be gentle among them, to get down on their level, to slow down and find rest with them. Which sometimes looks like playing or other activities. And that's a good starting place for us here as we consider this fruit of the Spirit today, this idea of gentleness. In some ways, it's sort of demanding of us that we make space for it because it's not like a lot of the other fruits of the Spirit that are action-oriented. There is some of that with gentleness, but in many other ways, it looks like rest, listening, or slowness. Here's a few definitions of this word. Gentleness is tenderness, acting with care or concern, a softness of action or power under control. Having power, but being able to keep it under control for a purpose. This is what gentleness starts to look like as we consider this fruit of the Spirit. And as we go through, as we look into Scripture, we'll find a few other examples of what gentleness can look like for us as well. But I I will again just remind you of those words I shared with that congregation I was serving in Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, that we're just called to be gentle with one another. To be gentle with one another. What does that look like for us? In what ways are we called to be gentle with those in our immediate lives, with our family members? Especially in times of stress. Especially when it's the hardest thing to do because we are busy, we're anxious, we're worried. And so uh, the easiest thing to do is to become angry uh, or to not take the time to deal with a problem with one another the way that we should. And instead, we're called here. To be gentle with one another. How can we do that, especially in difficult times? Be gentle with one another. So I did think as I was preparing for this message today, looking into what this fruit of the Spirit means for us, for people of God. I wondered, so we've got this fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, how is it different from kindness or goodness? So for me, at least, Uh, kindness and goodness sort of drive you to do things Uh, these can be works works of mercy works of service uh, just doing nice things for one another loving each other well in outward ways with words with actions but look at the way that Jesus talks to us come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest In the same passage where he talks about being gentle. He talks about rest. He talks about uh, the invitation for us, the people of God, his disciples at times, to come and be by his side and find rest in him. And again, as I think of all the busy things that we do in our lives, the important things that I need to get done, sometimes I think of this and of Jesus' example because what did he do? Here's the most important person who's ever lived who had the most important work to do of anyone. As he went out into the crowds, he could work miracles. He could heal people. In his teaching, he was bringing the very word of God to the people he encountered. His work was more important than anything else in this world. And yet, what does Jesus do with his time? He takes time to rest. He goes away at times in order to spend time with prayer, Uh, spend time in prayer with his Father to be in the wilderness, and he shows the disciples this same pattern for their lives. Be in prayer regularly, continually. Take time to rest, to spend with your Heavenly Father. Go into those places. I wonder if we really want to be able to succeed at all the other fruits of the Spirit. That we might sometimes have to start with this one, with being gentle, with hearing Jesus' words of encouragement about gentleness, of finding rest in him first, before we can go do all those other busy, important things in our lives, because that's what he did. If he needed to do that, to spend that time with his father, we need to spend that time with him. The good news about this is that this is really an invitation and a release from everything else you're doing to hear the words, you've done enough. Or even, that can wait just a little while. Come and rest. Come and spend time with me. Stop your worrying and anxiety and come and find rest. My yoke is easy. Come and walk with me. This is the invitation that we find as we consider this topic of gentleness. It often looks like rest and space and compassion and even slowness. It's easy to see that if we think about our relationship with, with kids, or with young people in our lives, how uh, taking that time to just meet with them on their level is so important to them. It makes their whole day if we do that. And that's what we're called to do, not just for them, but in every part of our life that we can. To take time to be with one another, to listen to one another, uh, to get involved with each other's lives. That way we can pray for each other, to know each other's dreams and hopes and worries and anxieties so that we can take a little bit of that and share in it for the sake of caring for each other. So gentleness often looks like listening uh, that congregation that I served previously, uh, it was a very diverse congregation, had people from a lot of different backgrounds, both from here in our country, it sort of matched the community that way, a very diverse community there in Silver Spring. But we also uh, were fortunate and blessed to have people who had transported there, who had immigrated there from a lot of different parts of the world. and what I had to learn serving that congregation was that I needed to start really listening to them. I needed to get to know the people because they were not, many of them, uh, sharing the same background as me, uh, coming from a lot of different walks of life, different places around the world, and I needed to get to know them if I was going to be able to serve them well. And usually when you ask those questions, when you spend time to ask someone else about their lives, their background, uh, their hopes, their dreams, these kinds of questions, they light up and, and it's a wonderful opportunity to have them come into your life, to share your life with them. Of course, it did get me into trouble once or twice when I was asking those questions. We had uh, one family who was from Guyana and we were getting ready for a Pentecost service one year and so I, I was asking different people in the congregation who spoke various languages to read a piece of scripture and not knowing I admit a whole lot about Guyana I should have done a little bit more research I went and asked this family I asked this gentleman would you be willing to read for us on Pentecost and by the way I can hear you have an accent but what is the language what's your birth language what's the language of Guyana He looked at me kind of funny and said, English, (laughs) which I didn't realize. I heard an accent and I made an assumption. And in fact, what I was hearing was sort of a, a Caribbean type of accent, but it was English. And this is the kind of thing that we can do if we put ourselves out there, if we do this work of listening, of asking one another the questions about our lives, of being gentle towards and with one another. It's hard for us because it takes time. It demands something of us, and sometimes it's easier for us to to put together a checklist of things to get done that day. Uh, I can be good. I can be kind. I can serve others. I can uh, give some things to those in need. But don't ask me for my time. Don't ask me to have my life interrupted in order to give somebody the time it takes to listen and ask these sort of questions. It can be a great challenge for us. So let's look at one example in John chapter 8 where Jesus does this. The background of this story is that the Pharisees were coming to Jesus uh, as they often did trying to catch him in his words. Trying to find a reason that they could denounce him or arrest him or something even worse than that. So they kept coming to him with their questions and on this occasion. They came to Jesus and they, they brought with them a woman who was caught in adultery. And they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery and the law. Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? Here's how Jesus responds to their question. Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. And Jesus asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? no one sir she said and he said neither do I condemn you go now and leave your life of sin What struck me about that passage is the way that Jesus responds. Here come the Pharisees with all of their their questions. Uh, They're coming to him in this brash way, looking for a way to accuse him with all of their their worries of the world and trying to make everything fit into their pattern of of what made sense according to their customs and traditions. Uh, Sort of this feverish pace that they went on to try to catch Jesus in his words. And what does he do when they bring him this question he simply bends down and starts drawing in the dirt. He makes space. He takes time. He doesn't lash out in anger, which he could have rightfully done. He doesn't walk away either. He just takes time. He slows down. And maybe in this process, he's thinking of this woman and where she's coming from and what she's experiencing in this whole interaction. And eventually he says to them, let the first one who is without sin cast the first stone. And hearing this, they can't stand it. They all walk away. But the woman is left there. And Jesus says, who has condemned you? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one has. She's there in this quiet moment with space, with Jesus listening to her and asking her questions. And in that moment, he is as tender and gentle as he could possibly be. And he says, I condemn you neither. I don't either. I I won't condemn you either. And in fact, go have your life changed by this interaction. Go and sin no more. But know that in my eyes, you are not condemned. It's a great example in Jesus' life and ministry of being gentle, of listening, of creating space, of not lashing out, of what it might look like for us to have this fruit of the spirit of gentleness a part of our lives as well. I thought for a minute today we should think of if we're considering gentleness, well then... What does the opposite of this look like? If we're called with the fruits of the Spirit to run towards certain things, which are these fruits of the Spirit, then what are we to stay away from? Where in our lives might we need to be careful or be on guard or be aware? What's the opposite of gentleness? And here's where my mind went when I thought about that question. The opposite of gentleness? uh, Well, this image uh, came up for me uh, when I thought of narcissism. And I'd encourage you to take a look at it if you want. It's a five-minute TED Talk on TED.com produced by W. Keith Campbell. And in it, he goes on to describe narcissism and the reasons that it seems to be abundant in our world today. But just looking at that picture, you get the idea of what narcissism is. There's a person standing looking at the mirror and looking back. The reflection looking back is this sort of uh, big-sized, royal, ornate version of himself. Larger than life. Looking in the mirror and seeing a grandiose version of who you are. The other thing that I noticed in that picture is there's nobody else. One person looking into a mirror seeing nothing else but themselves. I would argue that this, at least in part, is the opposite of gentleness. Because this idea of narcissism is is putting ourselves first. It is a pride that says, I'm most important. What I need or want matters more than what anybody else needs or wants. Uh, And Campbell, who put this together, goes on to say that there actually is an abundance of narcissism today. Uh, We have uh, together a very independent mindset, uh, which has led to a growth in what he sees as uh, narcissistic tendencies in our culture. And also saying that social media doesn't help, because of course those places you can uh, put things out there and then get back this, this sort of feedback loop that tells you, yes, you are great, or that looks wonderful, or you're doing something uh, that looks so so great, I, I'm jealous of you, this kind of thing. And this feeds into this idea of narcissism. I'm most important. I need this, this feedback, this, uh, this feeling that you know, others are looking up to me. I really am this person that I'd like to see in the mirror. But what narcissism also does is it, if someone who is kind of going down this path looks at other people in their lives, and many times, instead of seeing people that they are called to love, care for, tend to, want the best for, it leads them to instead see people as stepping stones. How can this person serve me? How can they help me get ahead? How can they be a means to an end? And so suddenly, looking into the world, all the people around you are there to serve you or to to help you feel better about yourself or to help you gain something that you want. And that's narcissism, and to me, that's the opposite of gentleness. A spirit of gentleness which looks into the world and humbly says, I see a lot of other people that God has called me to serve, to love, to care for, to listen to. Because I know that that's been done for me first. I know that Jesus is the one who has come into the world with this spirit of gentleness and slowness, carefulness as he encounters people in order that he might win them to himself to reveal the kingdom of God and the ways that the kingdom of God is so, so different than what we see in the world around us. Where people in our world try to build themselves up The kingdom of God leads us to to put ourselves and our needs aside so that we can build up others. Uh, Rather than just serving ourselves, we're called to serve one another in Jesus' name. One final passage for this morning. And there's this reminder, we cannot possibly be gentle, we see only ourselves. As I read this passage, it really... uh, Talk talk to me about what narcissism looks like. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, selfishness, feeding and caring for only ourselves, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. And what this passage is showing us is this is if we live only in our sin, if we give in to these desires that we all tend to have, selfishness and pride and even maybe a little bit of narcissism. This is what it looks like. This is how Scripture talks about that place where we have been. But then in this passage, there's a wonderful shift when it starts to talk about Jesus. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy by the washing of of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. What we're being shown here is that we are now being called out of that old pattern of living, that old way of life, uh, those narcissistic tendencies which look only at what's good for us in the world and instead seeing that we've now been changed by God to live as new people. And it's all because of the one who has employed and practiced the greatest gentleness of spirit of all who even looking at the world and the people he loved knowing they were caught in sin and they could not save themselves, was willing to lay down his own life to give himself completely for the salvation of the world and jesus has given us that gift he's been loving kind and gentle towards us even when we didn't deserve it at all Now he invites us to live in these new fruits of the Spirit in regeneration and renewal of our hearts and minds to go out and see the world differently, to act and live differently, and to be gentle with one another. And that's our prayer today, is that we can find the opportunity to do this in our lives, to be gentle with one another as hard as it is, as busy as our lives are, to be gentle with one another, to listen with care and compassion and concern to open our hearts and minds in Jesus' name as we are led to do this by the Holy Spirit. The invitation today, it's really a wonderful gift to be gentle and kind and caring and compassionate. Join me in a word of prayer. Uh, God, our Father, as we uh, consider this topic before you, uh, this fruit of the Spirit, which is gentleness, We ask that you would help us identify those places in our lives where we need to slow down. Where we need to find rest in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Where we need to rest in him and his his accomplishments and not just in our own works and our own doings. Lord, on this day we give thanks for this great gift which has been shown to us. That you have been gentle to us first. That you have forgiven us first. That we might be led into lives of gentleness and generosity, encouraging one another, listening to one another, praying for one another, and doing all of these things in the ways that you would lead us to do with the help of your Holy Spirit. We give thanks for this great gift. Teach us to embrace gentleness. Teach us to be gentle with one another. In Jesus' name, amen.